Saratoga may be in the books, but we're thrilled to be partnered with Naira for the rest of 2023. Going to keep things going like they've been going, covering Saturday racing each week on the Players Podcast. We're going to have write-ups and analysis at InTheMoneyPodcast.com for free. More stuff behind the paywall, like Nick's notebooks. You can get that, InTheMoneyPodcast.com slash plus. You can find us on the Naira site under their Picks, Plays, and Promotions tab. And if you're looking to find out where you can find the America's Day at the Races coverage, we got you covered for that as well. For the full schedule, go to InTheMoneyPodcast.com slash TV. Hello and welcome to a uh, speedy edition, a a uh, quickie edition, as it were, of the, the Money Players Podcast. This is our show for Tuesday, October 3rd. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker. Once again, joined by a man who I believe is in uh, Saratoga Springs. He is Jonathan Kinchin. JK, where are you? What's up? Planet Texas. Planet Texas. Ah, it's one of those back-to-back uh, sneaking weekends. Sneaking around so. on me. Oh, that's right. So you have been in Texas for, for, for quite a while. Yeah, I've, I've been uh, I've been in the building, so it's been it's been nice to be here. It's still a little bit warmer than I would prefer, but you know we're working through it. It's eighty degrees in uh, in in New York City the last couple of days. It's been it, it's been awfully nice once the deluge that messed with racing last week was uh, over. And the good news is we have this cool Wednesday action. What a sports day Wednesday is! Four baseball games, stakes racing. At Belmont, we're going to talk about some of those stakes, but I want to start off just by, I don't think we have time to go through it all, but I don't think we really need to. I do want to hit some of the high points from this past weekend where we had a lot of relevant Breeders' Cup prep races, none more so than potentially for the Breeders' Cup uh, Dirt Mile or maybe Breeders' Cup Classic. Let's start off by looking back at the Woodward Stakes, JK, where Zandon, a horse that you and I have both been fans of for a very long time, finally had his breakthrough performance. It wasn't a grade one race, so but it was a grade one performance. I'm going to go ahead and say that. There was a lot of talk coming in. You know, he had all the, the, the twos at the end of the PPs, and was there anything to that? And I had contended, and you had contended too, I believe, that he just had the misfortune of running into some horses who were better on the day. And we thought in this group with the setup he was likely to get, he might be able to, to to show a little more. And I'll tell you what, it was even better than I was expecting in that this was a pace that mainly held together and he still was able to unleash that closing kick. He gets a 104 buyer speed figure. What did you think of Zandon in the Woodward? And where do you think critically we'll see him next? Yeah, I mean, I think that they'll probably. I would think that that, that, that Chad will train up um, to the to the to the classic. Um, I had Mark Toothaker from Spinthrift on last week, and JK Plus One, a fun inside uh, look at, at all the stallions they have, and uh, he told a crazy story about Bolt Doro, about uh, some of the tricks you have to do. To, a little graphic, if it were humans, but we're talking about horses here about some of the tricks they have to do to get him to be able to breed. It's a fun podcast if you haven't listened to it. Um, not because of that, but just it's a fun podcast in general. But they they talk. He gave us a little bit of a clue that like Zandon was was a, a horse that they were adding to the roster, and that he was going to make a start here in the in the Jockey Club Gold Cup. It could have been his last start, uh, but with him winning, they'll persevere and uh, and go on with it and run. I think in the Classic and. You know, from a figure standpoint, I mean, I, I don't think that there's any monsters out there. He's an older horse that that uh, will get some pace to close into. 
compared to some of the the younger superstars we'll see. I mean, I, I don't see how he's that far off from a horse like White Abario or, or even if, you know, Arabian Night or, you know, I just think he's a very viable option uh, going the mile and a quarter. I think we found out that Zandon wants to go a little bit further than some of the races maybe he's been running in. Uh, the mile and eighth, I thought ran he ran well, and he kind of seemed like he just got going. So I think he's definitely a contender. Uh, I mean, he's not the type of horse you cut in line uh, to build your entire, entire, entire year around, I don't think. But I do think that he's very capable to be involved. It's interesting that the, your your thought on the on the classic for sure twenty five to one for that race right now, JK. That's that. that well, might be Chad said. Chad said. Chad said in the post race um, interview that the the two that the you know he just felt like that might be a little too sharp for him. The, uh, the, the two turn. Yeah. He just thinks it might be a little too sharp because he just kind of get, you know, if you watch the, the Woodward, he kind of got going late there a little bit. So I'm sure our friends at Spinthrift are a little bit disappointed that uh, historically uh, special race. The Woodward is no longer a, a grade one because that would sure look good on his resume uh, and his next career. 16 to one for the dirt mile right now, 25 to one for the classic. But I think with, with the stud, between the Chad quote and just with the stud deal pending it, I think it makes a lot more sense to, to go for the gusto. And you're right. If you were ranking horses in terms of buyer speed figures, um, he'd be, he wouldn't be the top, right? Way to borrow had that huge number back in the jockey club gold cup, but I mean, he's not going to be too far from the top of that list. And, he, and he's a very big price right now. Let's jump around a little bit just because while we're talking Dirt Mile and Classic. I do want to ask you if you saw anything in either of those races at Churchill on Saturday. Clapton winning the Lucas Classic with a 99 or Zozos winning the Akak with the same figure, actually, a 99 that that made you uh, think about putting either of those horses on on your Breeders' Cup uh, early plans. I mean, I think if you're running numbers like that, you're, you know, you're always going to kind of be uh, a competitive type, a, a horse that, that, especially in the, in the dirt miles, you know, got to see what's going to happen there. I'm, I'm assuming we're going to see Cody's wish in the dirt mile. Um, yes. And I'm assuming that, uh, that, uh, that uh, elite power will go in the sprint. So, so models split them up like that. Um, you know, I, look, I, I don't think there's going to be much meat on the bone in terms of Cody's wish going that two turn mile out at Santa Anita on a speed favoring racetrack. Um, he's kind of shown that he's in, he's, he's not the uh, invincible Cody's wish he once was. So yeah, I think horses like Zozos or Clapton horses that if they decide to go that route um, are, 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 are horses that, that I'd like to, you know, give a shot. Like the, the one for me that's interesting is what's going to happen with gun night. Um, and, and I still hear people, and maybe I haven't read something, and maybe I missed something. So forgive me if I've if I've missed the news. I, I don't understand the conversation about elite power. I mean, about uh, about Echo Zulu taking on the boys. I I, I don't quite understand that. Um, and I, I don't. I, so I, I just assume she would run against the girls at seven furlong, where she ran an outstanding number going seven and beat the champion in Goodnight Olive. Why would she want to take on? a horse like elite power and you have a horse like gunite a gun runner a gun runner owned and trained by the same operation why not just split them up up. it it never it never made sense to me either gunite listed in the betting for the dirt mile at 10 to 1 right now um and then listed in the sprint betting at seven to one for whatever that's worth echo zulu listed in the sprint betting at at six to one and let me see if there is philly and mare sprint breeding we'll get back and we'll talk more about uh cody's wish and what we saw from him but maybe this is a good time to uh 
to head out to talk about uh, to talk about slow down Andy on the West Coast. But just because while well, I have it in front of me, Echo Zulu right now six to four, huge favorite for the Philly and Mare Sprint. Actually, they're taking betting on her for the Distaff too. In there at ten to one, and then six to one in the Sprint. So lots of decisions. Nobody knows what's going on in terms of the market with Echo Zulu. But let's talk slow down Andy for a second. A horse, another horse I've been thinking was ready to take a to take a step up and and did so in the awesome again winning with the 101 buyer speed figure doing so completely on the engine you talked about the idea of uh, maybe it being a speed favoring course uh is slow down andy fast enough to maybe and it's early to have this conversation but uh fast enough maybe to to be a leader in a race like the dirt mile if they go there or do you think he's one they're going to stretch out and and try to use that speed in the breeders cup classic I mean, look, I, I've always talked about this, and, I'll, and actually, uh, right after we're done recording this, I'm gonna I'm meant to record JK Plus One with Doug O'Neill. So we'll ask Doug O'Neill about Slow Down Andy and where he thinks he'll show up. So there's not a whole lot of reason for me to speculate at this yeah. point. Listen, we'll to listen JK in a couple of days and get the Doug, answer. Doug will tell you where he's gonna run. Um, but here's the thing, you know, this horse has kind of always been around from a figure standpoint, and Doug O'Neill, I think he proved it with 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 I'll have another, and he proved it with. Um, Nyquist, like, you know, he gets a horse going the right direction. You know, the stretch out from a mile and eight to a mile and a quarter is not necessarily a problem. So I'll trust wherever he shows up. And then he, look, he won the mile with golden sense back to back years. I think he knows what it takes to win those two races. And I think wherever he shows up, slow down. Andy will have his best shot in there. 14 to one for the breeders cup dirt mile, 25 to one for the breeders cup classic right now are the prices for slow down. Andy, is there somebody at the door who will hopefully go away? Cause I'm the only one home. Um, what else do we want to do in terms of recapping? Well, we certainly have to do Cody's wish. I got the sense that you were uh, less than completely enthused with his return to the races. It was a 100 buyer speed figure ends up uh, running down accretive who had things very much his own way in there. Um, what do we do with Cody's wish from here? I mean, you said it before, not much meat on the bone. I suppose what you're saying is you expect he's going to be a very short price and you know, are, are we going to want to trust that? Let's take a quick look at his price. You can talk about it in context. Um, you can talk about it a little bit in the context of the current price. Seven to two favorite right now, Cody's wish for the dirt mile. That doesn't sound terrible. No, that's not. That's actually not a horrible number. Um, I, I would imagine that that's a, you know, we got, we got, uh, we got, you know, four or five weeks of the race. I, you know, I think that number is obviously going to come down once we see who's in there, so on and so forth. But, you know, He's one of those horses that his style make him a little tricky. Um, he's never run at Santa Anita, so we don't know what's going to happen there. Is he going to like it? You know, how's he going to ship all the way out there? There's a lot of question marks, and I think the price that he'll end up going off at, I do think that there are some interesting horses. Now, I'm never going to really like knock a horse for kind of workman like, especially his style. You know, winning the race like he did in the Vosburg. You know, he ran down a nice horse in a creative. He didn't, you know, he didn't break the clock. He didn't do it overly visually impressive. He was one to nine, but he did do his job and he did not have the, the ideal trip you'd like to see. So, uh, you know, look, I, I don't, I don't want to say I hate the horse, but I, I'm just not crazy about him at the price he's likely to be. Let's move on to some uh, unexpected Wednesday pick six action at Belmont at the big A, including some stakes races. We start with race number five, where we've got these two-year-old fillies in the Miss Grio. Grade two action, mile and a 16th, win and you're in for the Breeders' Cup. And very curious to hear where you're going to go in here, JK. 
there's a couple of them here. Hard to justify the two horse was so impressive on debut. Uh, I remember Chad saying he liked the horse that day. Um, if I'm not mistaken, there was a Christoph Clement horse ridden by Joel Rosario that basically almost dropped uh, Flavian Pratt in the two hard to justify, had to check terribly bad and came running. Slow figure. But in these races with these two-year-old turf horses, I think it's really hard to make figures, especially the way the racetrack and the turf course was changing so much throughout the summer because of the rain, because of, of you know weird rail settings. They, they did a lot of different stuff there. So I'm not a visual guy, but I am going to trust that hard to justify was a real horse, the two. And then uh, the only other one that I need in here is Galibrand. I, look, I tried to, to, to be cute and, and play against Galibrand. Um, I, I tried to, uh, to, 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 oh, there's actually one more, excuse me. I used to try to get cute and play, play against Galibrand last time, but man, that horse was impressive. Um, Philly beating the boys. Remember, uh, it was just a smart move by Bill Mott and the ownership group to double to cross enter against the boys. They were going to run against the girls the day before it was taken off. So then they ran against the boys. I don't think it was a move of like, we've got the best horse we're running against the boys, which would be stupid. I think it was a timing situation. She ran extremely well. And then the seven memorialized who I thought was very impressive on debut, getting beat at colonial and then came yeah. back at Saratoga, ran off the screen, winning by three and actually did get a pretty fast number. So those are the only three that I need in here. Chad's horse, the two hard to justify the seven uh, Memorialize and the eight Galibrand. Uh, I was surprised when you were going to leave it at just the two because Memorialize is really the one I wanted. I thought closed really well without a particular setup that day. Very stylish effort that came back really nice on the clock. And then Galibrand for me, just so obvious, two for two, closed into those blue fractions. And then don't forget Carson's run ended up winning a grade one up north of the border um, the next time as well. So, yeah, we're pretty much in lockstep there. I, I, I could see putting it hard to justify on your say-so. I wasn't quite sure what to expect of that, that, that uh, stretch out and distance, but, you know, there's certainly a lot of talent there. There's no denying. Let's talk about race number six. We've got these $16,000 claimers. The ones I wanted to focus on were the number three, Proven Hope. This is a horse that has successfully done the – uh, turf to dirt move before and i just thought fit really well based on uh, based on dirt figures gonna probably have to come from a long way back in a race the time form anyway says isn't gonna have a ton of speed so that's something to keep in mind and one of the reasons why i think you can throw in a runner like dad's good runner the five who time form actually has clear in this spot requires a lot of creativity to get to this one but sometimes in these cheaper claimers as we know um the, the pace is just the definitive factor. And if dad's good runner can get a good positive journey at a big price, I want to be there for it. And then number eight, El Dikimi, I thought was worth uh, throwing in there as well. Just a horse that, that fits pretty well, um, just facing an easier group. And I, and I think has probably found the right level where he can be competitive. So I was going to mess around three, five and eight. I'm open to including others here as well. JK, what did you think of it? Yeah, these $16,000 claimers can be tricky. You know, you got to play a lot of psychology games. Um, I'm going to use the two, break the ice, uh, a horse that's been running for 25 and, and ran okay numbers, didn't run particularly, you know, great, but did run uh, well enough from a speed figure standpoint and has okay numbers. So I'll use the two, break the ice. I'm with you on the three, proven hope. Uh, the turf number last time was probably the best number that this uh, whole group has to offer. So you want to make sure that you that you can include one like that. So I'll use the three. Um, the five, I, I just thought too slow, even if loose, um, or even if they were a fine forward position, it just, it doesn't break always break that well, either broke slow last time. Um, the six D uh, speecher I'll use as well, who, who ran in that, uh, uh, that ran protected last time, but 
but you know, ran for 16. It was voided. That claim was voided up at Saratoga. Ran well enough that day from a figure standpoint. Also ran second in there. And then the eight, uh, LD Chimi, the one that you mentioned as well. So I'll spread a little bit in here. Two, three, six, and eight. All right, let's proceed to race number seven. More graded stakes action. We got the two-year-old Colts in the Pilgrim, mile and a 16th. We'll keep it with you. Yeah, I, I'm going to use uh, two horses in here. Um, the nine, Spirit Prince, uh, who was closing in a slow paces in back-to-back races, uh, couldn't get to Gallibrand. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe the second-place winner, um, I'm going to go on blank. Car- Carson's run Carson's came back run. and won at Woodbine. Yep. Right, so Spirit Prince obviously has the uh, the uh, the class there. And, and look, I, I love betting horses closing into slow paces. Uh, shows up here as a maiden in this race. you got to think that they want to try to get some points to get into the Breeders' Cup. And then Triple Espresso, the seven, uh, for Rapoli and St. Elias. Uh, slow number. Uh, we talked about it in the in the Miss Grillo. Um, but this horse ran huge. Uh, significant trouble down at Colonial and really, really came running. Um, I just think this shows a lot of talent uh, from this horse and, and the pace wasn't fast. They were trying to close into those. Are the only two I'll use the seven and the nine. I'll be looking to try to pick up some, uh, some equity and try to beat uh, Agate road. Yeah. I didn't love Agate road in this spot, but I definitely want a Fulmineo in the mix. The eight runner who I thought just ran a terrific race in that maiden victory down at, at Colonial and, again, was able to close really well without what I thought was the benefit of a particularly good setup showing some real class in the process. Speaking of uh, Boltoro, uh, he's a son of Boltoro. And then I was absolutely with you on Spirit Prince. I can't make the case any better than you did. You know, a little bit out of position there. We talked about the form of the Gallibrand race. I definitely want some nines on my ticket. So eight, nine for me, nine and seven. For JK, as we proceed to race number eight, where we've got an allowance for fillies and mares, going the mile and an eighth, which can so often be the uh, the key factor in these in these races, and and, and sometimes people look uh, can look past that, and it led me to wanting to take a shot with number one, Tizzy in the sky. Second off the long layoff, really stopped to a walk the last day. But I was willing to just look past that and think, okay, maybe it was a needed the race situation. It seems significant that Arad Ortiz sticks with the horse, um, sticks with the filly. So I was going to put her on top, maybe a pace advantage too. And I do think on that uh, on that pedigree um, is one that that could uh, is one that could benefit as we've seen. Uh, before, I mean, not the, the other mile and eighth races are not exactly scintillating, but I think there's a chance with the right kind of setup that she could be able to handle it. I think that Tough Street is the, t- t- that's going to be your favorite. Just uber logical is going to get the right kind of trip. This is one who I just feel like looking at pace numbers, shapes like the mile and an eighth should be within her grasp. And then I was also going to play the six, pretty extreme. This one, uh, ex-Brad Cox at this point. That can be a, a very a tough road to hoe, but I think is catching um, an easier allowance race uh, than the last day. Easily beaten by Tough Street in there, but I thought there were a few things to like for this one in the third race off the layoff and the second for the Falcone Barn, who does really well typically um, with, uh, with these types, I'll say. What did you like in here? I only need two horses, um, and they're both trained by Chad. 
Uh, obviously, I clicked on the wrong thing here. So I'm gonna, uh, I need Tough Street and Fireline. Fireline, best race this horse ever ran. Three races back was with Lasix. Gets Lasix back here. You get Flavian Pratt. This horse obviously has a ton of talent. Ran the Alabama, the Delaware Oaks. Um, I, that's, that's all I need. I need I need uh, Fireline uh, for Judmont. And then the eight, Tough Street, um, who's just that. Uh, this horse is just tough. I mean, I, I, I tried to beat the horse July 29th in the mud. I thought the horse really didn't have a, ch- a shot that day, in all fairness, where Dylan Davis got up to win and then came back and ran another nice race with a nice figure. Um, I just think Tough Street from out there with the tactical speed, going to be hard to beat. But uh, I'll use a stable mate getting back on Lasix. I only need the two and the eight. Race number eight, we've got an allowance race for uh, no, for the Open, and we're going a mile on a turf this time. Big, full field. I don't think we're going to need these. I should knock when I say this, the way the weather's been around here, but don't think we're going to need to worry about these MTOs. What numbers will be on your tickets? Yeah, you know, I'm very busy has been tough for me, right? Because this horse was so impressive um, on debut and and then came back and ran another big number in the Pilgrim. Didn't run so well in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, but what, Juvenile Turf, but was bet. And then I thought when they kind of grew up as a four-year-old, was going to come back and run well. But this horse just is like kind of tricky to ride, it, it seems. They tried the blinkers last time. Now they're taking the blinkers off. I'm hoping that maybe Flavian and, and Chad Brown have figured this horse out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride along one more time. So I'll use the six. I'm very busy. I'll use uh, also the one, um, uh, Fredo. Fredo. Godfather. Fredo. Yeah, from, from, I know, I know, I know. I got it from uh, – from, Don't from, say uh, that to Serling on air. You're going to get a lecture. Yeah, well, he, he, okay. I don't, I don't listen to him. And then um, I'm going to use Jack Sisterson um, as well. With a, I, I remember specifically, uh, I was obviously very interested with Carl Spackler in there and our friends at E5. And I asked, uh, I asked if, if 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 Jack liked this horse, and he always thought this horse had a little bit of talent and uh, took a little bit of money that day. So I'll use those three. I'll use um, the rail horse, the one, the six. I'm very busy and a seven Yalkolef, Yalkolef, I'm going to say, yeah, okay. and Yalkolef. we're we're in lockstep here, going with the Boston horses here, six one seven. Um, I think I'm very busy. The key thing to me, JK, is this is just going to be the best setup the horses have because while I do think Fredo has a good chance to be the best of speed, I don't. Fredo's actually more of a backup by my reckoning as a best of speed, who I think there's too much other speed for, and. Yakolov, I think, is just, you know, pretty intriguing based on the the, the the very solid handicap form. And, you know, maybe it was one that just did, wasn't quite ready or quite accustomed to, to the USA style of racing. I mean, it was not a good run, but uh, just looked like one that, especially at the 8-to-1 uh, morning line guess, I would certainly want to have on side. So I've got it 6-7 with the 1 as a backup. We're in very, very similar uh positions there in race nine we wrap out, uh, up with two-year-old new york bred maidens going six furlongs uh 10 go postward how are we going to get paid yeah i'm going to use four horses here one four seven and nine the one you get both of those entries uh, you get big prankster uh who gets joel rosario and and you got some siblings in there that have, have run pretty well on the turf um you get a little bonus with instamatic instamatic who who i thought uh you know Ran okay last time at a short price, but obviously has a little bit of ability to take the money that they took. The four set uh, is a, is a half to Sean BC, which, you know, if you've followed New York racing, you've seen that horse uh, as a turf sprinter quite a bit. You know, there's a little bit of pedigree there. The seven nano man who, who ran well last time after breaking a step slow and then kind of rushed up into there and, 
and, and it's always something you want to kind of keep an eye on when horses, first time starters break slow and then rush up into spots. And then the nine, uh, price is truth. Another one just has a little bit of ability. It seems ran, uh, ran well enough last time. Um, Ended up getting kind of a nice trip inside pocket trip, but it didn't work out. I'm with you on those Clements. You talk about how well uh, trainers do in certain spots. Him, him at this level uh, feels feels really strong, and I'd love to have. Uh, it seems very likely it'll just be Big Prankster with Instamatic marooned on the AEs, but still, Big Prankster makes a, a ton of sense in this spot. Nano Man, the best known speed, I'd say. That makes me want to. Have him on side, Carmouche sticking around, good aggressive rider. Uh, I think this horse is going to be well suited enough by the extra half of a furlong to uh, to have in there. And then Price is Truth, looking at a pace map, might just get an absolutely beautiful run through. And certainly with this breeding, Union Rags and a Tappet Dam is going to have no problem. Uh, I mean, for this horse to have run as well as he did going the five and a half, this is just a great spot for this horse to to stretch out. So uh, seven, nine and one for me in here. Uh, one, four, seven, nine for JK to close it out. Uh, and speaking of closing, you have any closing thoughts before we wrap this mini show? No, I'm looking forward to uh, the, the stakes races on a Wednesday with the Pilgrim and the, and the Miss Grillo. And then you got the the grade one um, um, on Joe Hirsch on Saturday, right? Joe Hirsch. Yep. Yep. On Saturday. So be fun to see what happens. Top three from the Breeders' Cup turf last year, all returning. That's great. You around for horse player happy hour this week. Yep. For uh, it's the first round of the playoffs. So there'll be a direct qualifier going on. So that's really cool because what that means is. You can play for your BCBC seat, and that whole house cut is still going to go to charity. So it's really one that we want people to get involved in. You you, you up for doing the stream with me? I'm awesome. there. And we got to start doing some Breeders' Cup videos. Maybe we'll do a video that we'll then pull out from Horse Player Happy Hour. Let's have a production meeting outside of the show, JK, and uh, decide, you know, start thinking of a topic that could have like a cool YouTube title. You know, and we'll uh, and, and, and we'll I'm not saying clickbait. We don't go that far, but uh, some something that just some appealing, clever way of previewing the Breeders' Cup when not all the preps have been run. You, know, you see where I'm going with that? I love it. I love it. We'll, we'll do that. We look forward to chatting with you soon. We look forward to listening to this. What will surely be a fantastic episode of JK Plus One with Doug O'Neill. Um, until the next time, JK, we'll be talking. See you, Pete. Speaking of JK Plus One, we're thrilled to be partnered with Qatar Racing. Qatar Racing is a subsidiary of Kipco, the largest sponsor in British flat racing. As a global racing and breeding operation, Qatar Racing Chairman Sheikh Fahad bin Abdullah Al Thani has created an expansive international sponsorship portfolio to include the Breeders' Cup and events like the Pegasus World Cup Turf and even the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe, which happened this past weekend. Qatar Racing has over 100 horses in training, many mares and foals slash yearlings, and four top-class stallions, Kamiko, Zustar, Havana Gold, and Lightning Spear. Don't miss out on the great Qatar Racing action, and you can learn more by going to inthemoneypodcast.com slash Qatar. We're also very pleased to be partnered with Gainsway for 2023 and hopefully beyond. In this spot, we're going to talk a little bit about Tappet as a leading broodmare sire. Broodmare sire of 2023 runners, including Cody's Wish, Pretty Mischievous, Archangelo, Kings Barnes, Hoosier Philly, Red Route One, Rocket Can, and Hit Show. Pretty amazing. Caraconti, his stars rising. Going to talk a little bit about him here as well. Sire of Chambeau, winner of the Camptown Stakes at Colonial. 
Sushi Sticks, first time maiden special winner at Del Mar. Memorialize, we spoke about before, impressive maiden winner at Saratoga. Lots of great opportunities when you partner with Gainsway. Learn more about their operation at Gainsway.com and make sure to check out the special Baby Talk edition that's going to be dropping soon where we dive a little bit deeper into these two-year-old races on Wednesday and look forward to some stuff a little bit later in the week. Before we wrap this show, we also want to award our Adelphi Racing Performance of the Week. We're going to go ahead and give that one to Zandon. Zandon, a horse JK and I have been a fan of for a long time. Matt Katera from Adelphi Racing has too. Needed him for a big score in the Derby. As I recall, it was good to see him getting his day in the sun in the Woodward with that huge run. Uh, excellent stuff there from Zandon. I've talked a lot about the Adelphi partnership and how glad I am to be on the team. The level of communication is so strong. You even learn about uh, the, what's going on with horses that you were once involved in when, when you're with Adelphi. And Matt and the team really believe in trying to find homes for the Adelphi horses after their racing days are over. Just another thing that makes them such a good team to be a part of. AdelphiRacing.com is the place to go to get more info. If you're interested in horse ownership, you can reach out to Matt directly, Matt at AdelphiRacing.com. And I'm also happy to talk to you about any questions you have. If you're thinking of getting involved in the ownership side, Adelphi Racing provide a fantastic experience. You can hit me up on the contact page over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. That's going to do it for today's edition of the show. Thank JK for popping in all of today's sponsors, our founding partners, 10 Strike Racing, and also the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. You can give generously to them at trfinc.org slash players. Busy week around here. We're going to have a ton of coverage of this upcoming Keeneland meet, maybe something special for this really cool Breeders' Cup Prep Pick 6 with the six grade ones coming up this weekend. Be on the lookout for that in your feeds as well. The show's been a production of In The Money Media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos. <laughs>